Hello and welcome back to the Flix Forum podcast where each episode we go back and we look at a Netflix original film in the order of release. Today we have Netflix 89th film. It's the 2018 romantic comedy Ibiza. It's directed by Alex Richenbach. It stars Gillian Jacobs, Vanessa Bayer, Phoebe Robinson and Richard Madden. I'm Jesse and on the line with me as usual we've got MJ. Hey MJ. How are you mate? Good, how are you? I'm very, very well. Good, settling into this um, distance communication. Oh, I don't have a choice now. Like, I think I've been working from home for nearly a month now. Like, it's it, it's starting to feel like the norm, but then what does the norm actually feel like? I can't even remember what normal feels like anymore. It's just, it's still so weird, mate. Yeah, I've, I've, this is my first uh, week working fully from home and I'm, I'm feeling the same sort of way. So um, the we do have world. a special guest with us uh, this week, though, that we haven't had since probably about December. So um, we've we've asked him back for this Ibiza. We've got uh, Simon on the line. Hey, Simo. Hey, everyone. Thanks very much. Um, and thank you for giving me something to do in these times. It's, it's a pleasure <laughs> to be here. <laughs> Good. I'm, I remember um, that this was a film that early on when I said oh, we, we're doing this Netflix show and you're like, oh, I've seen that Ibiza movie. Um, give, me a, give me a buzz when you're doing that. And I was like, okay. <laughs> if you didn't give me a call, I would have been pretty upset. It probably would have told me that my last gig round probably didn't go too well. So, um, I'm very excited and um, I think it'll be a good one. I'm, I'm, I'm pumped. It's a great memory from you, Jesse, because as soon as uh, as soon as we got onto this movie, you were like, "Oh, Simo said when we started this that he wants to jump on for this one." And what number is this? Like number ninety or eighty nine? Eighty nine, yeah. So that's a good memory yeah. from you, mate. You you remember that from a very long time ago. If, if people are going to commit to come on with this, I'm putting that in the memory bank and going, oh, "Look out!" That's a good point. That's a good point. Well, I remember MJ when you said like, "Oh yeah, Jesse said you were really keen for that one. You must have really liked it." I'm like, "Oh." It was just because I watched it, really. It was a Netflix <laughs> movie. When you guys started, I was like, I just watched this one. Put me on. So <laughs> It's good. Well, hey, is it, is it, it's Ibiza, right? But I, I've always said I, Ibiza. And in the movie, I swear they were like swapping between both. Am I right? Yeah, it's, um, isn't it? It's a thing. The Americans call it Ibiza. And then yep. the Europeans call it Ibiza. And then I think yep. the British have got some sort of angriness over how you say it or something yeah. okay so I've, I've got down on my early thoughts to discuss this point i've got three different pronunciations i think but um i, I heard jesse you've gone with the ibiza yep um i think they say ibiza ibiza yeah and then the third one i have down is the venga boys um pronunciation ibiza yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah i don't know i think i kind of just say ibiza because it's just easy and lazy but ibiza sounds better I think that's well, like when I pronounce Ibiza, that people are like, it's Ibiza, but yeah. it sounds a bit pretentious. I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm not going to pull anyone up for um, how they pronounce it on this one. We'll just go with whatever comes off the tongue, I think. All right. I like that. Okay. So let's get into our fast flicks where we start our show off and do our own quick little summary of uh, the film. I think we might start with Simo because from memory, his, his little uh, fast flicks are quite good. So Simo, give us your fast flicks. All right. Thanks, mate. Um, well, with Ibiza, um, you get the feeling someone went on a party-centric trip to Spain and wanted to make a fun movie about what was a mind-blowing experience in their eyes. After realizing that their story alone is very boring to mostly anyone else, they wove a loose storyline about girl meets guy to tie it all together. Oh, good. Bit of a whack straight up. I like that. That's awesome, though. <laughs> it's, not, it's not meant to be a whack. It's just um, how I think it came across. But good. we'll talk right, about it. your turn. All right, well, you can decide for yourselves whether I'm giving this a whack or not in my fast flicks. 
An unfunny comedy where two friends crash their buddy's work trip to Barcelona. <laughs> okay, I can see that uh, wax right away. <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't put a fast flicks on it without saying like the main thing about the movie was the fact that it wasn't funny. That's right, we've been going for about four minutes and I probably laughed more um, between us than I <laughs> did the whole film anyway. <laughs> All right, my turn. So um, I've said that uh, tasked with traveling to Spain for a work meeting, Harper decides to take her friends and make a weekend of it. Hmm. That's it. It's very, very generous, very open-ended. You use the character's name, which you you normally don't like to use characters' names, Jesse. I think this is the first time I reckon I've used the character name since maybe the first couple of episodes. Um, Can I ask why? Any other way? I couldn't think of any other way. (laughs) Okay, I like it. This one left me brain numb. I didn't know what to do. Um, (laughs) So we move now into our um, sort of little section where we chat about anything that we've learned about the film, uh, its history, how it was made. MJ, what, what have you got for us? Yep, so it was April 2014 when Sony Pictures first basically acquired this script, which was written by Lauren Kahn, who, from what I can gather, has sort of been around the traps in a lot of shorts and TVs, as writing, directing, that whole miscellaneous crew kind of stuff. So she's sort of been around without doing much that we would have heard of. But Lauren Kahn wrote this script. From what I can gather, she wrote this script um, based on a trip that she had with her and her best friend. So Simo, your fast fix is probably onto something there straight away. Um, But Will Ferrell, Adam McKay and Kevin Messick's um, company, Gary Sanchez Productions was going to serve as the production company for this. Um, And then three years later it took. So in June, 2017, um, Gillian Jacobs, Vanessa Bayer, Phoebe Robinson all joined the cast of the film. Netflix had taken over from Sony from a production and dis- and distribution perspective. And then the Good Universe banner also joined on from production as well as the Gary Sanchez production. So Will Ferrell and Adam McKay, uh, in terms of the names you might know, that they're still they were still involved from producing. Uh, and then Good, Uni- Good Universe banner came on as well. And then it was August when Richard Madden joined the cast of the film. And then the next month in September, they started principal photography. So the film was mostly shot in Croatia and Serbia um obviously with a bit of new york as well they basically uh croatia doubled as barcelona while the ibiza scenes were filmed Mm -hmm. in croatia basically so that's kind of a timeline on on how this film came to par i i I can't see it really ever happening without the gary sanchez productions banner behind it in the first place but um it kind of made yeah, a little bit more sense seeing I thought that. it was like, as I was watching it, the credits at the end, I saw Will Ferrell's name come up and I was like, geez, I, I would not have expected that to be honest. Um, yeah. And I'm still, I'd still love to know what, what interested him in the script or whatever it was from the very beginning that got him excited for it. Um, and we might dig, dig into that kind of stuff later on, but. Yeah. I like um, that you mentioned just Croatia and Serbia because on IMDb, someone's put in a note that oh, I was filmed in a pizza, but um, or ether. Um, but like, yeah, it, it wasn't at all. Um, which yeah, I, I thought was um quite interesting because. But I guess if we look a little bit further into it, like the the government from Ibiza, um, they were going to take legal action against Netflix mm. for this film because they didn't like the way that the image was sort of portrayed and showing the island as like this sort of place that has these harmful stereotypes. I guess. Yeah, it's it's basically what trying to sue for misrepresentation, really, and. Apparently, they tried to actually film the movie there and they wanted to get the island itself to collaborate, but they basically said absolutely no chance of this happening once they read the script because they felt that it was going to be terrible for PR 
um, and totally like the opposite of what the tourism um, bodies there are trying to encourage, uh, which is more than just clubbing and partying. So that was really interesting. You know, I, I, so this actually happened as well with the movie Argo. Um, so in 2013, Iran hired an attorney to defend them against what they believed as Iranophobic portrayals in in Ben in Ben Affleck's Argo. So it's not the first time that a, a location or a, or a city or a country has sit there and gone, you know what? I don't like the way that you're portraying us. We might take you to court. I don't think they did in this case, but um, they certainly threatened it. And it's probably good for PR for them as well to be like, hey, we're really pissed off about this. This is not the Ibiza that we know and love and that we want everyone to come and visit. So um, it's good, still, it's, a, little, it's um, a new one. Yeah, good little fact. I like that one. That was good. Didn't know about yeah. Argo, so that's, that's good. No, um, neither did I. That was the first thing I thought. I'm like, has this ever happened before? And then, yes, it had. The, um, Richard Madden, who plays sort of the male love interest, um, uh, what's his name? Rob Stark from Game of Thrones. Uh, he's DJ Leo West. Yeah, come on, mate. DJ Leo West. <laughs> so for preparation for this role, um, he went to Ibiza to see DJ sets, including Fatboy Slim. I, I had a laugh when I read that. I was like, come on. Like, <laughs> seriously, that is. Apparently, like he's big into the scene anyway. Like, I think he loves this, this sort of music. What's it called? EDM music. And he loves, he's been to Ibiza a few times. So I'm sure he just, you know, got a nice little tax break there on, on his latest trip. That was what I was thinking. If I can do work research and go to Ibiza <laughs> for a holiday, find me out. That's all right. Yeah. Um, Jillian Jacobs, who plays the main character of Harper, she's never um, drunk alcohol in her life. That's insane. Yeah, so um, sober. So, yeah, interesting that uh, she took drugs in this. She, what else did she do? Did, did a lot of things that she probably doesn't do in real life. She did. I wonder, like, the fact that she's always been sober, I don't know how much. Do you believe that? I don't know, because how often is she going to be playing those kinds of roles? And you'd have to be like, look, I kind of need to do a little bit of research to feel what it's like. I'm not saying she goes out and gets shit-faced every weekend, but <laughs> do you think she never was, you know, 17, 18 years old and had a little bit too much to drink and then she's like, ah, so that's what drunk feels like. Maybe, but like, yeah, good honour if she hasn't. Cause like, no, I agree. Know. Absolutely. But maybe maybe that's changed since um, the world's been in lockdown and she's full alcoholic now. The working title... She's reviews from the movie, mate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. the, work, the, the working title for this uh, film was I'm in love with a DJ, which I thought was... um quite interesting um because they obviously released it as ibiza but then after it was released on netflix they renamed it in america on their american netflix to um love drunk ibiza so um a couple of different title changes there as well i don't really love any of them nah uh, well it's hard to come up with a title for a film where nothing happens i guess mm, um, good call so it was released on the 25th <clears throat> of may Mm-hmm. Um, 2018 on Netflix. Um, didn't hit Portugal until the 8th of August 2019. So a year and a half later almost. Um, I thought, I've no idea why, but I would like to know why. If, if anyone is, Port- is Portugal the one that always seems to get things a bit late? <laughs> Who knows? I, yeah, it's an interesting one, isn't it? That is weird. Um, yeah. Uh, have you, anyone got anything else or should we look at some consensus? Uh, I'm happy to roll into some consensus. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, it's so got a... Yeah, it's got a 5.2 out of 10 on IMDb of just over 14,000 ratings uh, and a 2.3 out of 5 on Letterboxd over just over 9,000 ratings. So not a huge score, but not a terrible score, to be perfectly honest, but definitely on the lower side. Hmm, Rotten Tomatoes, um, it's actually fresh. Uh, what? Not cert- yeah, not certified fresh because oh, there's okay. not enough, not enough. Critics. So there's 24 critics that have reviewed it at 67%. So it's got the red tomato on it. 
24 is not a bad number for them. Yeah, it's not too bad. Um, however, the audience was at 38%, but that's only okay. just on 500. Uh, so okay. not a massive sample size for Rotten Tomatoes, though. Yeah, that's small, actually. Considering the IMDb is you know four, nearly 14,500, which is decent. Hmm. All right, it's time for us to move on to our early thoughts before we break into this film, I guess. And this is probably where we're going to start to spoil this film a little bit. So if you did want to watch it, um, maybe pause us and go have a watch and come back. But Simo, I'm excited to hear about your pronunciations um, for our (laughs) early thoughts. So hit us off. Well, I'll stick with Ibiza, but um, I guess I know like it sounded like a little bit of a whack in in the fast flicks. That was... I think we'll talk about the the movie's plot and where it went or where it didn't. But I think overall, it was still a fun film for me. Um, not too much depth, but I thought, you know, given it was about, you know, a DJ, the soundtrack was well suited to the vibe. Um, we can talk about the jokes, but I thought they mainly landed. Um, it's not a funny <laughs> film, but I think the story, um, in its essence, is fairly relatable to a lot of people, um, especially if you're traveling in that, you know, sometimes the world can feel very so- small, but just shines a light on some of the quick friendships that you make with people from all over and some of the adventures that occur on the way, I guess. Mm, nice traveled man can relate to your travels. Oh, that's good. That's good. All right, MJ, fill us in. What's your fast, oh, not fast weeks, early thoughts? Yeah, I'm glad that Simo liked it the way he did because that's going to make for some better conversation. <laughs> I, I, I thought I thought this movie was abysmal. I, I It's... Um, it was it, it was a comedy in in more sense than anything else that wasn't funny and I didn't care about or even understand any of the characters or their motivations and I just, I can't remember the last time I've seen a movie where the stakes of the film were so irrelevant um, in the sense that like she missed going to the meeting for a job that she already hates where she specifically hasn't done any work for this trip on and then she's gonna have to say to say goodbye to a man that she's just met despite having his phone number, therefore, like, the ability to speak to him whenever she wants, knowing full well that he travels the world for his job anyway. Like, these were the stakes they tried to create that didn't exist. Um, so I just felt so disconnected to it. I didn't necessarily actively hate it, like I have with some other films that we've done, but I just never understood why anything was happening and, and how it got made into a movie because I just didn't buy the whole journey to the club story. It, it meant nothing to me. So I just kind of sat there just watching stuff happening on screen that meant nothing. Good. I think you've, yeah, you've summarized that uh, quite well. I've, I've got some yeah similar sorts of thoughts. So like with, with this one for me, um, it's another Netflix rom-com. So I thought, oh, you know, I'll, I'll sit down with my wife and, and watch this. You know, they're the only, only type of um, Netflix films that she'll give a crack. Um, you got to stop doing this, mate. She's going to stop watching things to, all together with you. Yeah, well, lasted 45 minutes and then said, nah, sorry. So I had to turn it off and then I had to watch the end by myself the next day. <laughs> the <laughs> so, next day? You couldn't even keep... She's like, no, I'm still using the TV, but we're not watching this. Yeah, um, so that, that, that's where we sat with that one. Um, the, the the awkwardness of a lot of the dialogue in this one, the performances, the situations, like you've mentioned, MJ, had me offside right from the get-go, which isn't a good way for a film that you have to sit through for an hour and a half. Uh, mm. so yeah, that's where I'm at with my early thoughts as well. That's fair. And like, I didn't, as I said, there's some movies that I watched that I was like so offended and really, really disliked it. I didn't dislike this. I was just, I just didn't care about any of it. Like it, it was like, it was like you're watching a reality show that's just on in the background and, and nothing really happened, but that's okay. But in this case, it's like someone's gone down, written a script and, you know, tried to build out these characters. Then I'm like, what? What actually work have you done on trying to make this engaging? That's that's kind of where it lost me. 
Good. Okay. Well, that's a good little segue into our next part where we talk about some characters. So, um, Simo, have you got any characters that you'd, you'd want to talk about to start us off? Yeah, well, I think um, MJ is pretty spot on in terms of the, the storyline and a lot of the depth. So, I mean, I think the characters kind of did a lot of the heavy lifting um, to make some of the story mean a little bit when you're watching it. Um, we, we spoke about Harper, or MJ alluded to, you know, her stakes in a job and how things don't seem to like mean too much. But I mean, for me, she comes across as the underdog. She's very simple, but you do want to root for her. You want her um, to, you know, find love. She deserves a break. There's there's a lot of flaws to her, I think, and she's quite persuadable. If her friends just like tag along to her trip and make her... What, oh, rubber arm harper. Rubber arm harper. She starts like, you know, kind of codependent, but I think... Um, you know, it plays into how you want to get invested in her having this chance with this Leo DJ and take a bit of a risk and change up her life a little, I guess. But oh, this yeah. is going to be good. This is going to be really good. <laughs> All right. <laughs> you're going to bring me on your podcast and you're going to crash me now. <laughs> so, uh, I just could not care about her one little bit. Um, I didn't care if she lost her job because the boss was such a bitch in the first scene. And it's just like, why do you care about this job? And I didn't care that she fell for a guy because the relationship was unbelievable. And I didn't care that she was a shit friend because her friends were shit as well. So, um, yeah, I, uh, yeah. I, to me, that was a frustration. But I like that you were able to connect with her because I need someone to fill me on on, on how. So I appreciate um, where you're coming from, Simo. Yeah, I mean, connect, connect's a deep word. When when I look down on characters and I have to write something from half, mm-hmm. but, like that's the only thing I can really come up with. And I guess I'm trying to, to reach a little bit to get some of the stuff. But... I think that's where the aim came with with her character, and I feel for people who did like this movie, you know, that's the the feeling they're going to get. Good. Yeah, for MJ, sure. What have you got? Well, I, I think I probably sit somewhere in between because I I didn't like particularly dislike her, but like similar to you, I didn't I didn't feel like anything that she was doing had massive consequence, and I had no issues with her, you know, falling for this guy and and having this moment and chasing that feeling. That was all. I, I that was completely fine with all that, but it never made me feel like it was do or die for this weird relationship. Um, and, you know, you've had, you have rom-coms that as cheesy as they might be by the end of it, they make it feel like them not getting together is going to be the end of the world. And, and that's, that's an important filmmaking cue to get the audience on board with their lead character. I know this film was a little bit different to that. Cause I do think it tried to be more of a straight comedy than anything too romantic. But I just didn't feel the connection enough to care about it. But I didn't have an issue with it. I didn't didn't bother me that, you know, she she was you know not that likable. It just it just didn't mean much to me that she didn't or she would have ended up with him or not. Yep. Good. Uh, all right. Who MJ? Who do you want to talk about next? Um, I've got Nikki, who's played by Vanessa Bayer. Like, I really wanted to find her funny. She was definitely the closest that I came to laughing. Um, but I just feel like she was kind of in a different movie to everybody else. And I think her brand of humor does work. I just don't think it worked here. And I really wanted it to, uh, but it just it just never fit in. It's like these three main, oh, whether they're all the main, the three main girls were just all in three different movies. And it just never quite fit. I didn't, I never understood how they work. Yeah, I, I completely agree. Like she was funny at times. But then those those laughs that I did get from her, they were just washed away with that total awkwardness and, mm. and the jokes that didn't land. And she was too she was so Diego centric 
that mm. she was just focused on this one guy that it didn't really give her an opportunity to sort of fit in with the actual situations because she was just too focused on something else. Um, and that sort of, yeah, frustrated me a little bit with her. Simo, have you got any thoughts on Nikki? Yeah, I mean, I thought a lot of the funniest moments in the movie um, were with Nikki. Uh, mm. I thought she had a, a lot of good lines and you do get that awkwardness. And I think it's um, probably smart when you say if her character doesn't really fit in, but she does kind of play that cliche in a lot of other things that she's done with like Saturday Night Live and stuff. And I think, I guess for me, her character was a bit kind of fake it till you make it. It was the contrasting compared to, to Harper where Harper, you know, things were tending to go wrong. And um, with Nikki, I felt a little bit like, you know, she was indestructible in, you know, her blackmailing her boss, taking all the drugs, you know, flirting with Diego and, playing Harper in, you know, one of those last scenes when she had to close the business deal. Um, I just felt like she was a little bit fun and kind of needed in this film to, to piece, I guess, the comedy together if it was a, a meant to be a rom-com. Yeah. I like good, it. Good. All right. Um, yeah. Well, I guess we've got to talk about the third friend, Leah, um, who probably had the least out of the three of them. Uh, she didn't really do much. And a lot of her jokes or things that were meant to be funny was her saying weird things about old guys and I, I, I don't know I have nothing else to say about her <laughs> yeah I struggled to get any sort of read on her it was was her thing that like she never took life too seriously and just wanted to have sex with everybody because if so then I, I probably did understand her but <laughs> I just, <laughs> just did she say at the end that she wanted to settle down and have kids and was that just like a weird joke or was I that an was attempt weird. at developing the character? Okay, but was it a joke that she was making or were they just trying to develop that character like with one line at the end? Because I hope it was a joke because it just nah, didn't they, were, they, were tr- they were trying to conclude the film with like this this message, I guess, that they'd all changed. It was, okay. uh, it was completely rubbish. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I was giving them the benefit of the doubt being like, ah, oh, this is a lo- funny joke that Leah's making. Okay, maybe they were trying. Yeah, yeah. She, was, she was super weird. That came out of nowhere. Um, <laughs> DJ uh, Leo West. I thought he was the most unbelievable character out of them all, though. Uh, there is no DJ that would leave a set at Ibiza for a girl. Look, come on. Like, oh, you can <laughs> let that go in in the context of these sorts of films. Yeah, I'm, I'm not the, the target point, audience, mate. obviously. <laughs> Anyone else want to talk or say anything about him? Oh, um, I agree with you in the sense that, like, it surprised me that an internationally renowned DJ had so much trouble with the ladies and, you know... <laughs> He couldn't really communicate with him, but I, I kind of bought his awkward charm as a character outside of his profession. That 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 kind of still made sense to me. But I think the awkward chemistry they tried to create with him and Harper felt that it felt forced in the sense that they were trying to make this awkward connection that didn't that felt too forced, if that makes sense. And, but I, like I had no real issues with their relationship and them wanting to spend time together and that whole part of the story. It was fine with me. Okay, yeah. Simmer. Um, for my notes, I had down Leo West, uh, not just a filthy dick. So um, on the on the plane, you know, they're talking about you're chasing a DJ to uh, yeah. Ibiza. You know, he's got all the women. He's a musician with a filthy dick. Um, and I think they, you know, try to play that other angle. It's, you know, girl chases boy instead of boy chases girl. But they try to make it believable as, you know, Leo West, this kind of guy that's worth chasing after only 10 minutes of meeting him and, you know, he's someone who would cancel a, a gig in Ibiza halfway through to spend some time with mm. you and stuff. But I guess that was where the angle I kind of got for him. He's just, he's not the typical big DJ um, Wimbledonizer kind of guy, but 
yeah, that's really where it ends. He's a good dude, though. The first thing you see of him is he's pointing out the fact that she's got a dick drawn on her face. So he's 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 a he's a decent guy. Yeah, he's good trying points. to help out. Good points, everyone. Uh, I'm I'm going to bring up Sarah, the boss now, because I just found like her dialogue was completely disgusting. There's there is <laughs> and it wasn't funny, like because there's no one who actually has a boss like that, um, and they can't exist anywhere in the world like that. You can't tell a staff member that you know your energy is perfect for these horny Spaniards, or you know, oh, take take those cocks out of your ears and put them back in your mouth so you can hear what I'm saying. It doesn't happen. Doesn't not where you work, Jesse. No, not where anyone works. Right? <laughs> All right. So tell me, uh, have you had a conversation? Has your boss told you that, MJ? I don't think so. Uh, I've got one quote. Not that I've got one that yeah. yes, what you you got? You ready? Yeah. You treated it like a goddamn Coachella vacation fiesta bonita Mad Max ship parade, giving blowies for gelato and stripping for tuppers with your slut bucket friends. <laughs> There's further evidence of her being a completely irrelevant, disgusting. I, I agree with you. I, at the start, I actually kind of thought that this character could have been almost funny uh, and they could have tried to round her out a little bit, but they just completely lent the other way and way too far the other way. And she became this weird parody of a villain, which was just stupid by the end. Correct. Any other characters? I, I don't know if there are any others we can talk about. Not worthwhile for me, but nah. That was a stretch right, so, game for all them. <laughs> so the the director, um, and I guess um, Alex Richenbach, I thought it was really interesting. He had 74 producer credits, mm. um, 36 as a director, 25 as a writer, and 18 as acting. That's a that's a lot of uh, work that he's done. All of this stuff, though, are basically shorts. Shorts, yeah. Still, that's, um, that's still... It's an impressive resume. Um, Looking at it right now, he's got a short in 2014. Dan Gilbert apologizes to LeBron James, where he was executive producer. <laughs> like he's got NFL fantasy football commissioner resigns as an executive producer on IMDb. Like it's almost like he works in TV or something. And and obviously he's a busy man and he knows he knows the caper. But yeah, um, cool. yeah. Any uh, any comments on any of the actors' performances in this one? To be honest, they had nothing to work with. Like, I think it was quite a, like, the, the the actors that I know in this, they're all kind of talented actors and I've seen them do other things that they're quite good in. So it's almost, for, for, for me, it's almost like they've wasted this talent with this really subpar, these really undefined characters and crappy plot. Yep. Good. All right. Time for us to talk about the scenes, I guess, some scenes that uh, we start off with the scenes that we didn't, oh, sorry, the scenes that we did sort of like, and then we finish off with the ones that didn't really stand out for us. Simo, what are, what are some scenes that you liked in this one? Yeah, well, maybe I'll go first because um, I might have a few <laughs> scenes. Don't that... take my one. <laughs> well, I know, I think Jesse and MJ maybe pushed back a little bit on this one, but like I, I did find the phone conversation scenes with Harper and Leo maybe not like great, but at least like critical in terms of you believing um, in the the basic kind of plot line that it's worth pursuing as a love, you know, interest and that someone would travel, um, you know, threatening their job um, to pursue, you know, love and lust. And I thought, you know, the dialogue was quite believable and relatable of them on the phone and being awkward together and, um, you know, playing on the inside jokes of the dick on the face and all that kind of stuff where they met. So, it was hard to pull out real standout ones, but I think, you know, as a, a basic scene, some of the phone conversations um, were, were worthwhile viewing. For I me. think that's a really good point because without it, you don't, they don't see each other for 
massive chunks of the film and how can you build any sort of chemistry without it and you get an insight of what their relationship life is like without each other and you're right in that sense. I think it's I think it's pretty important. I couldn't imagine the movie without it. Now that you now that you mention it, well, the only time they actually spoke on the phone was that last scene, wasn't it? The no, but even was... even their voice messages, you still get a really good insight yeah. on how on how they feel for each other and why they're doing what they're doing. Yeah, so was, there was a couple of voicemails, and then they I think spoke twice on the phone. But hmm. yeah, good. All right, what else have you got? Um, so I thought the after party in Barcelona. Was, was interesting. So it was like the first time um, after Nikki, oh, sorry, um, Harper met Leo, they went to the party and she was hoping to see him. At Hernandez. Um, yes, Hernandez. So I just thought um, it was an interesting look at, you know, all three of the, the characters on how they interact and how they kind of went their separate ways in the party and did their own things. And I think it just, you know, it gave a little bit more depth to, to them as a friendship and how they're like different, but support each other in, in different things. And I thought the the scene with Nikki dancing in the gym after she's taken, I think three different Adderalls was, was quite funny. When she, um, but yeah, I thought, I thought that was okay. That scene. Good. Yeah. Anything else? Um, the last one I just had. So obviously at the very end, um, Harper misses her flight. So she can't make the, the work meeting. And I thought um, the character swap where Nikki kind of filled in for Harper on her meeting um, was pretty funny for me. I thought, you know, it shouldn't work, but then it did, and then it didn't. And um, I thought, <laughs> as, as far as this movie went, um, I thought it was one of the standout ones. And I thought Nikki, again, is well, probably one of my favorite characters in that um, kind of shown through. And her relationship with Diego was, was quite funny, I think. <laughs> <laughs> All right, good. So, um, MJ, I guess it's your turn then. Yeah, well, Simo unfortunately didn't steal my my one yeah, scene. I reckon, I like. reckon you're going to take mine now. <laughs> <laughs> um, the one part of this film that I liked was when they met those guys on the plane, uh, okay. and I was kind of hoping that those guys would play a bigger role because it's mainly that one guy who I thought was quite funny. He reminded me of um, Chris O'Dowd. Chris O'Dowd, yeah, he reminded me. Oh, wow, I can read your mind. It's exactly who it was. Netflix I was going to say the bloke who lost his lost his arm on Cloverfield Paradox. He reminded me of Chris O'Dowd. I thought the interactions with those guys are really funny, um, and I was kind of gearing up for them being a huge part of the second half of the film, but they kind of weren't. So that was disappointing. But I, I thought that scene was funny. Ah, good. All right, is that that was it? That was it. Yeah. Oh wow. Okay. All right. Um. Yeah, I, I don't have a lot. Uh, I, I didn't mind the start. As much as I hated the dialogue between uh, Harper and her boss, Sarah, I thought that as she walks in and um, the boss is wearing like that face mask because of this stomach virus going around. <laughs> I thought that too. <laughs> and then at the end when she like coughs on her because she's like, I've got this contagious flu. I was just like, where we're sitting now watching that film, like that, I, I saw that so differently than I probably would have if I'd watched it. I couldn't agree there. more. I couldn't agree more. So relevant. <laughs> so, yeah, I just thought that was an interesting sort of like, yeah, thing to observe when you're watching something in a different time, I guess. Um, and I got uh, a couple of other little bits. So when when they arrive um, in uh, well, I think Barcelona and they go to the hotel room and they're talking about there's this residual jizz being everywhere <laughs> and they turn the lights off and then they glow. I just thought I had a good laugh. I wasn't expecting you to like that one. <laughs> I had a very good this time. is the guy who slammed every scene in Game Over Man, but you like that. 
And that was funny. <laughs> and, um, and then the other thing that I thought was funny was in the same scene where Nikki's like, she's so excited to be there and she jumps on the bed and then just falls between the two because it's two single beds. Um, I laughed out loud on that one too. That wasn't too bad actually. But it was also really weird that there were, because they were almost double beds. There was like two double beds pushed together. <laughs> yeah. So um, my the two laughs I had were done and dusted in the first five minutes of the movie. So, <laughs> yeah. so the <laughs> I had the the black light jizz um, scene down as one that I, I I liked, but I thought if I went with that one too, I was going to get ripped for it. So I'm glad you enjoyed it. Uh, nah, that was Don't ever bad. be ashamed to bring up things you like. <laughs> exactly. Uh, all right. Well, that's time to move on to things that we sort of want to forget about this one. So Simo, um, you're starting us off with uh, what didn't you necessarily like about this one? Yeah. Well, I mean, I thought it's more like the. Comp- compilation of a few scenes in terms of their trip to the club flow when they got to ibiza um so there was the one where they they traveled to the sunset and then they struggled to get a taxi out of the middle of nowhere um and it was just i thought it was a little bit relatable and um i think a lot of people have sort of been in a situation like that where you get stranded and just i felt my anxiety kind of going through the roof and <laughs> like they're in the middle of nowhere trying to get a taxi and they they find this guy who's like driving them back to their house and they they meet her what his niece and you know she's blindfolded as she drives i just thought it was all a bit bit messed up <laughs> um, like a train station in the middle of germany almost or something like that. yeah exactly like that <laughs> So I just I, watching that, I was like, oh, this this is not not sitting well. But um, I just think all that trip. Um, also, another one that's a little bit of a like a feeling rather than a bad scene. But you know, when they kept talking about, you know, you have to Harper set your alarm. You need to be on this plane. Um, you know, you have these memories of you know when you're you're out at a club or whatever, and you you look at your phone and you're like, ah, oh, shit, I need to be at work or uni in like five hours. <laughs> um, it just like it brought back memories of, of that. And it's not a nice feeling to have when you're, you know, out at 4.30, I think they were in Barcelona <laughs> and, you know, needed to be on a plane. But um, these, are all, these are all really good personal sort of relatable <laughs> things. <laughs> yeah, well, maybe that's why I took a little bit more from the movie. But the only other one I had, you mentioned the um, now we're living in a COVID-19 world um at the end where she's talking about you know she had flu on the plane that that scene when she then spits on the door handle i thought that was that was way too much (laughs) that hasn't aged well has it (laughs) you can you can threaten that you're gonna cough in her when you spat on the door handle i'm like all right i'm out (laughs) good good scenes all right mj your turn What, what what didn't you like um i'm sadly this is one that simo said he did like but the whole party at hernando's I just found it really uncomfortable, really weird and really predictable. Like all their storylines that they felt, I guess it was a nice insight on each character personally, but it just didn't make sense that they would just go off and do all those things on their own. And I was, I, I think I kind of took a, took a step back when I was watching it thinking, what the hell am I watching here? I got one girl on a treadmill. I got one girl who's just trying to run away from someone's wife who she's been hooking up with. Another girl who's just gone and got super high. Like, what? Is, what is this on a film? It's there's so much of this film that it was just like, this is why is this happening? And I couldn't, I couldn't answer those questions. So, um, that was the main, the first one for me. Yep. The, the second thing I didn't like was a line when they were trying to convince uh, Harper to go to Ibiza because they realised that Leo West was DJing there, and I think it must have been Nikki or one of them said it. 
this is destiny. We're going to Ibiza. I was like, I, I, I'm just not on the same page as you guys right now that we're going to, we're going to be pulling out a big line like that. So oh, that's um, the theme of the film, mate. So it's all good. We'll talk about that later on. <laughs> I'm glad you got something for themes. Um, there was the scene at the club when they were at club flow with the guys and they're sitting around the table and the guys, one of the guys was basically talking about who's going to be having sex with who which was firstly weirdly uncomfortable that he said he was going to have sex with someone who didn't want to have sex with him. And then they all just started cheering when Harper was going to find Leo after they had this awkward conversation about sex. I was like, what, who wrote this scene and why is it there? And what, ah, it was just, it did, none of it worked for me. Um, and then in general, I was actually very close to fast forwarding all the club scenes because <laughs> they're just them dancing and it was weird and didn't work. I nearly, I nearly had this in a good scene. So it's not technically a bad scene. I nearly felt that goodbye scene in the cab when they were having to say goodbye to her when he drove to the airport and she was obviously late anyway and they got really sad and emotional. And you know, Jesse, that I love those kinds of scenes. I picked, I picked them out in every movie. But I never, I never doubted that they were going to have an issue seeing each other again or talking, or talking again because like, regardless of what was going to happen and it was predictable somewhat, but they had each other's number and that always got me as, well, he's traveling around anyway. The best you can do is talk to him. So I just didn't feel it as like this magical night that we didn't want to end. It never got to that point with me. So it wasn't too bad, but it didn't quite work. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm getting there. Um, (laughs) Whilst I knew that her friends were going to help her out with that that business meeting she had in the morning, I kind of wish they had done the reveal with her walking into it instead of the whole setup saying, okay, you're going to do this, you're going to do this. It kind of would have been nice if Harper was running late, she ran to the meeting and then she saw Nikki there. I think that was a missed opportunity to have a bit of fun with that. Um, And then at the end, I didn't even care that she unloaded on her boss because similar to what you said, Jesse, she hated the job anyway. She was a crap boss. So when she unloaded on her boss, I still, I got no satisfaction out of that. And then when she said, I'm going to sign all those clients, that that doesn't work. Like you you can't actually do that in the business world because you'll you'll have to sign on your contract when you first sign on that when you leave, you're not allowed to pay the clients for at least 12 or 24 months. So that didn't feel like a good resolution for me anyway. Like, <laughs> I guess that's my rational brain jumping into it, but the movie never took me out of my rational brain. So um, yeah. I thought it was a really crappy ending in that sense. And that, that walk down the street, it just wasn't. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I thought that was <laughs> funny when she was like, oh, oh I'm doing a business. Don't even hit me. <laughs> like that. Oh, good. All right, that's me. Done? Yeah, I'm done. Good. All right. Well, we haven't really stolen many of the ones that I was going to oh, say. Geez. So that's a, that's, a, that's a positive. So this podcast may go longer than the actual film. Um, apologies. Uh, <laughs> there's the, a lot of the scenes. This is just a general sort of comment where the three girls were arguing or discussing things amongst themselves. And it was a lot of useless shit that didn't add to anything. So they, they had this big, long discussion about blackmailing like one of her bosses or something. And I was just like, it didn't add anything to the plot. Didn't add anything to, to Nikki as a character. Um, and like, you know, Nikki not being able to say yacht properly. Like it, just, it wasn't, it wasn't funny. And it just went on and on and on. And then there's like that scene at um, Hernando's party where they're eating food off the naked chick. And mm. they go on this long ramble about, you know, oh, you don't put food on your body unless you've got a yeast infection. And it just, that these jokes that were meant to be funny just didn't land and they just kept going. Yeah. Um, and I know that you liked the, the conversation on the plane, but to me that conversation with those guys on the plane was just as useless. Um, <laughs> The, the the whole Harper getting a dick drawn in her face. Um, I knew straight away that that's what that guy would have been doing. I don't know if that's oh, yeah. because I'm a, I'm a male, but like, so that 
whole surprise reveal of him wiping it off her face. Like that was just a waste of time for me because I was like, I know what that's going to be on her face. Um, so to me, that that whole thing just didn't work as well. Um, and we mentioned you got mentioned this party at that Hernando guy's place. Um, to me, there's this line that he goes, and it was just so like disgusting. He goes to Harper. He says, "You have to work as hard to find yourself as you do to find him." And I was like, "What the fuck? Why are you, you, you like you're giving advice to this chick that's just so blatantly just this inspirational line for the audience about? Yeah, you go do that, girl. It's like go away." <laughs> You're a creep. Um, he was a creep. He was a creep. Absolute creep. Um, he invited them to his house knowing that Leo West was never going to come. He just wanted to lure these three Americans to his house. Uh, when they actually arrive at Ibiza, they, you know, it's this nice scene where the three of them sit on the beach. They're like looking out over the sunset or whatever. And then there's this really sharp, quick cut where it's pitch black. And then they're sitting on that bench waiting for the taxi that we spoke about before. I was just like, there was no continuity in that at all. It just was so off-putting and horrible, horrible, horrible. Um, the And then the cab driver that actually picks them up and he's like, oh, I'll take you to my house. And he's just sitting there playing his guitar while they're just yeah, sitting there chilling. They're meant to be in a rush to get to this <laughs> club. And it was just, I was just like, where's the urgency? There was no urgency, whatever. Um, <laughs> the, that car roulette where the chick puts the blindfold on. <laughs> didn't, add anything, didn't add anything to anything. Uh, Nikki sleeping in a bathtub so her friend can get a root. Like, it was just like, yeah, poor. Um, <laughs> sorry, I'm going on a bit of a rant here. The Harper, um, when she's in the spa with the DJ and she's like doing these click, click things, taking these mind camera photos. I was oh, like, yeah. oh, gross, gross, gross. <laughs> um, <laughs> and finally, um, the end where like, and we mentioned this before where the, the three of them are sitting around there and they're talking about how life-changing Ibiza was for them. And um, I was like, so using drugs and having lots of sex is life changing. I was like, this is amazing. Like, like, yeah, horrible. I I think like I get where you're coming from with all of these <laughs> things, but like I feel like these are the moments that are like relatable for people when like if they're thinking about the stuff. Um, what is it? The the thing on the the plane where you meet the people. I think it's not just about the meeting them on the plane, but they met them again at the club. So it's this, you know, this story that when you go traveling, you meet back up with people. It's like this small world. Um, I know that it comes across as like a creepy Spanish dude, but I think that's just how things like happen a little bit. Um, and obviously the the dog food um, where he fed his dog was really weird. But um, there was a couple of things you, like you said, I think just like people like relate a little bit to some of the stuff. That's what they're going to get out of the movie. Um, yeah, I'm just a grumpy old man who doesn't have life experience like that, I guess. No, I, I get it, but I, I, think it's te- I think it's tenuous as well, though. Like, I get that it's relatable. But do you want to sit there and, and watch a movie of other people doing this weird, with this weird story behind it? That's kind of what it got it for me. Like, I get I get all that side of it, but even someone that might have that experience, like you probably do, like you don't, you still don't love this movie. Like that, this it's still lacking so much more. Yeah, and I like, I don't, I don't like love this movie and I think all, all the stuff you're saying are like pretty much on point, but it's just <laughs> when I didn't read any of the, the background information before I came up with the fast flicks and the reason why I said it sounded like, you know, someone's gone to Spain and wrote a movie out of mm. it because these little points in the movie that kind of don't make sense. Like they, they make sense when you, you think that someone's gone to Spain and like yeah. put all this stuff in. Um, they've literally taken their experiences and thought that it was funny and put it in the movie, and it probably doesn't come across as yeah, that's a good point. Or even without any meaning, 
this movie is kind of like a nice anecdote that you bring up from time to time. That whether exactly. you want someone else to watch 90 minutes of it, it doesn't work. It's like one of those stories you tell when you're like absolutely shit-faced and you want to have a laugh, but then... Yeah, you're true, and you go, God, that was the yeah. best night. Yeah, yeah maybe you definitely. just need to be absolutely shit-faced to watch the movie. <laughs> maybe. Um, <laughs> all right, sorry. I'm not going to be able to continue. Um, it's time for us to look at some themes or some ideas. Now, MJ, I wanted to put you on the spot here because you mentioned before you couldn't get much out of this. So what have you got? Oh, mate, I... It's not good what I do have, but I can I can stretch it enough to think that one of the main themes of this movie is to follow your heart. Is that <laughs> all right? Like, obviously, with her with her ability to overlook her job and chase chase the man that she may or may not like after that meeting, and at the end for her to leave her job and be strong and independent. Maybe, maybe I can see that. I don't think many sixteen year old girls are watching it making big life goals after watching it but that's kind of the main thing i got that and like don't get stuck in the corporate rut but i feel like that was almost just like this subplot but no that, that's that's nice that's it. that makes it sense. No, that's nice Similar and have things. i missed is there is there a big thing that i've missed no i don't think so okay. oh unless simo can inform us i'm hoping he can um the, the big one i had down was just like hedonism so um you yeah. know this feeling of doing what makes you feel good um, taking chances, living life. Um, that's really it. That's all yeah. I could get. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I just sort of thought as well, you know, ties in with that, like cutting loose from the stress of work, I guess, where you just put your work on the back my, back burner and sort of try and live life and have a bit of fun. Um, I guess there was a little bit of an idea of friendship too. Like these guys are pretty mm. tight-knit. Um, no matter what happened, they sort of had each other's backs, whether, you know, sleeping in a bathtub or covering for a job interview when she's not there like that was that was sort of a positive i guess was that they yeah for sure out for each other it was a friendship you'd be happy to be a part of that's absolutely right yeah i had that yeah. the friendship thing down and i think like that's what what happens when you, you know you book a room and you're all sleeping together someone has to go in the tub sometimes <laughs> um it's just their priorities in their life at this stage i guess it will be different than what they are and um i just probably the film captures where they are at the, their stage of life yeah, I also had down just just for fun. De- their destiny was being called. They just they just needed this. <laughs> All right, what what did we take away from this one, MJ? What what did you take away from this film? Oh, I just why is it so hard to to land on a half decent comedy for these streaming services? Like, I, I say this all the time. We we when we do a comedy film, this should be what Netflix is investing all their not all their but so much of their priority in. Because a comedy on the couch, easy conversion without having to pay any extra money for it, that's what people want to be watching on Netflix more often than not. And they still, in 89 movies, have, have really got it right. So I just, it, it's obviously not an easy thing to do. Good. Simo, what, have you got any thoughts? Um, yeah, I mean, I didn't, you don't really take too much away from this film, I think, really. Obviously, this was the second time I watched it, all the way back um, when we spoke. When you started Flix Forum was the first time and I was in no rush to go back and I, I came away saying, you know, that was that was worth my, you know, eighty minutes or whatever it is. I I found it was it was enjoyable enough, but you don't really walk away with any strong feelings apart from potentially a, a you know, a couple of good jokes and a feeling that though, you know, talking about party and stuff. I think the comedy is the stretch bit and um it was fine. <laughs> 
Good. All right. Well, this is the time where we have a chat about IMDb, whether any, we jumped onto IMDb to check anyone who's in the, the film out, see if we recognize them from anything else. MJ, did you get on IMDb? Yeah, I did. I got on for Vanessa Bayer. And I know she's been in a lot. She's in Trainwreck and Office Christmas Party, and she's done a lot of years on SNL. But like, it was really bothering me why she was so familiar, and it's because she's in the most recent season of Brooklyn Nine-Nine for a couple of episodes as Officer Debbie, and okay. played a very similar character in, in this than she did in that. So um, yeah. it's one of those IMDb's that I was really satisfied. You know when you're IMDb, you're like, who is that? And you look and go, oh, I've seen a few of their films, but I can't quite put my finger on it. It was one that I it completely clicked for me, so that was satisfying. Good. I also looked up Vanessa Bayer as well. Um, and obviously she's in an awful lot of Saturday Night Live sketches, but she was in one of our um, films that we've covered on Flicks Forum as well. Um, very minor role, but when I saw the photos of it, I was like, ah, I remember your face so much. Um, and that was uh, Poker King with uh, Jack Black. She, oh, was she? She was in the band. She was the bear. She was the, the, the oh, bear that kept running around. So, um, and when I saw it, when I looked up the photos of her in Poker King, oh, yeah. yes, I remember you. So, yeah. So yeah, was, bang uh, on, of course. Yeah. All right, good. Simo, did you have an IMDb? Yeah, well, we can make it three out of three then because oh, wow. she was the only one. Yeah, so uh, similar to, to MJ, I knew that she'd been in recent um, episodes of Brooklyn Nine-Nine and I remember back, you know, she was on SNL with Andy Samberg as well, I think, because she's in a, a couple of the Lonely Island um, music videos. I think oh, right. Girl, so um, I wanted to, to see what else she's kind of done in between because Brooklyn Nine-Nine is a pretty big gig right now, so... Um, I was curious if you'd been in a lot of other movies, but uh, not really, but I'm saying a lot, but um, yeah. Good. All right. Well, now it's time for questions. So MJ, have you got any questions that you want to ask either of us? I do. And I'm not trying to be facetious with this film. I'd love to know what you think. When, when this idea was getting pitched as a film, what do you think the main selling point would have been? I had Will Ferrell attached to it. Okay, but if you're okay, what if you're pitching your idea to Will Ferrell's production company? Why is Will Ferrell going to want to do this film? Uh, it's a, a chick comedy, which we don't have many good ones. At when this had come come out, I think Girls Trip possibly came out similar sort of time, and maybe that sort of shone a bit of the light off because that was a, a good one. But um, mm. well, like, maybe he sold it as, "Hey, I've you know Netflix, I've got well, he didn't sell it to Netflix originally, but then Netflix mm. probably like, okay." for a good female-led comedy? I don't know. That's a tough one. Yeah, I just think if I'm... Because I agree, that's probably the main you know, selling point. But then I also think if you read the script, you'd be like, oh, this doesn't feel very funny. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it just gets me. It gets me when you think of the amount of scripts that don't get picked up at all. Um, and this one did. And it, yeah, I haven't got an answer. Okay. Simo? No, the only real question I had was the pronunciation that I wanted to talk about <laughs> at the top. But um, yeah, I think similar, like it's, I don't know, the girl meets guy rather than typical boy meets girl kind of um, appeal to some of the viewers. And I think you talk a bit about, you know, some Netflix movies, you know, just being something that you kind of sit on the couch to watch. And yeah. I got a little bit of vibe, but I didn't, we've done a few movies together coming out and I feel like I've got so many questions, but this movie doesn't really elicit that response, I think. I don't come away with anything that I want to talk about. Okay, good. Um, MJ, did you have any others? No, that's all for me, but I love answering Um, yours. Okay, well, so I'm going to start the boob scene. There's a scene on the beach where you just get boobs. Um, 
and I wasn't expecting that at all. Uh, and the one I probably had a bit of a giggle where they they go, oh, this one's like the Daniel Craig boobs. Have you ever named boobs before in your life? I was wondering now, if this was going to end up being a question or not. Are you just going to talk about no, boobs for twenty I've, seconds? I've never never named boobs. I just thought that was an. Is that maybe something that girls do? I don't know. I was confused. Yeah, I haven't done it. I don't know. I, no, I haven't thought about doing it. Yeah, that was weird. <laughs> um, okay, okay. One other thing, which is more more of a statement. I was going to say I so, plead the fifth on that question, but <laughs> good, good. We needed you for that one. Um. So this one's from Vulture Online. They're a website, and this is this is what they this was their sort of summary of the film. And they said, "Amitha doesn't have the strength of wit and character to f- suffice as a hangout vacation movie, and it has zero idea how to be a romantic comedy either. It's not a movie; it's Netflix." Thoughts? Ooh. Ooh. I think I think the analysis is bang on because it doesn't have that whimsical type type feel where you can just. There's so many films that I love that. Have no, I have no interest in the plot, but I just love hanging with the characters, or I love the whimsical conversation and the dialogue and the philosophy of it. And this film definitely doesn't do that right. And I agree that it doesn't have like the story behind it either. But I don't like the the whack on Netflix. Yeah, yeah, I thought that was a big whack at the end, wasn't it? Um, hmm, interesting. But other than that, they've he summed up they've summed up the film really well. But Netflix is so much more than that. I, I get it. Maybe that is what we're talking about. Like. It is a movie that you just want to sit on the couch and turn on. You don't really care what you're seeing, but I don't think that you're doing Netflix right if that's how you associate Netflix. Good. All right. Well, this is uh, the time to sum it up, I guess, and put it all together. Um, we've had a pretty lengthy, good discussion, and at Flix Forum we do a rating out of five and then average it out for a Flix Forum average. So, Simo, do you want to finish us off with your rating for this one? Yeah, no worries, mate. Um, I think it was a fun movie. There's not much to it, and I think a lot of the criticisms you've had are pretty much on point. I think the performances from the cast are very critical to really hold it up, given that really not much happens. You know, it it doesn't feel like a travel movie. Um, Really, the only Spain scenes you get are, you know, club ones. It doesn't really feel too much like a rom-com, but... I felt I felt a lot of the things that I did still quite likable, and it just made me feel feel good. And even though I walked away with nothing, I enjoyed the the small experience, and I give it a three. Very nice, three out of five. <clears throat> MJ, your turn. Yeah, I mean, I haven't really held back much in this podcast, but because I just think the movie was just a bunch of stuff that just happened, and I can't remember the last time that I felt so disconnected from any sort of plot detail or character motivation the humor the humor would have been the only saving grace but that didn't work either so it's it's one star for me Ooh, okay that's a that's a big difference but that's that's good having simmer here to sort of <laughs> even this out a little bit very good having Zimmer here so um yeah so i'm i guess i'm i'm sort of in the same boat as mj a little bit where to me um it was a massive misstep for the focus of the comedy being on I guess the way I'm thinking of it is these girls are being forced into these uncomfortable situations. Um, and that, that to me was how it sort of, how I could sum it up the best, I guess. Um, and yeah, I, and the romance didn't work for me either. Um, and I know that like, you know, Rob Stark is, you know, this good looking guy and you want to love him and um, you know, he's, he's just got this charm about him. But at the same time, I was like, Ugh, kind of a little bit, yeah, I didn't, yeah, <laughs> didn't really sit well for me. So um I too am 
gonna put it on the lower end of the scale, but I'm gonna give it a 1.5. Um, so as a flicks forum average, that gives us a 1.8. Um, out of five. So thank you, Simo, for mm. bringing that one up for us. Um, <laughs> it's a pleasure, mate. <laughs> otherwise, that could have been um, an absolute um, whacking for that one. Uh, we, we, we are on social media. We have Facebook. We have Twitter. We have Instagram. Uh, we are quite active on there, so give us a shout-out if you can. We pop a question up, and the question of this week um, that I wanted to put out there was because I, I missed on this before, but the, the soundtrack to me was, was pretty good. So what's a, a good song that gets you up to dance? What's a, what's a song that gets you up, MJ? Run to Paradise by Choir Boys. <laughs> Every time. What's, what's one for you? Um, there's a lot, but um, one in the movie, actually, they had like a, a remix star of the, the Riverside song. So as soon as I heard that in the movie, I was like, okay, here we go. <laughs> I thought you were going to say peanut butter jelly. I was like, ooh. Um, <laughs> was that in the movie? Yeah, I wrote that. Pinup Disposito was in there. Pinup and Jelly. Was... I got the Disposito. <laughs> um, I yeah, I'll probably Eminem without me gets me up. Um, not just dancing, but rapping along as well. So, oh, I'd like to see that. <laughs> if um, if you haven't subscribed to us, please do. We're on all good um podcast platforms. We are back again next week, and mm-hmm. I think the Netflix gods are sort of looking out for us because they've decided, hey, we're going to give you another rom com. Um, okay. <laughs> but I, I this rom com I've heard of, and I think it. I've heard good things about it. So um, next week, we've got the 2018 film called Alex Strangelove. It's directed by Craig Johnson. It stars Daniel Doney, Antonio Morsorelli, Madeline Weinstein, or Weinstein, um, Joanna <laughs> Adler. <laughs> I couldn't get that one right. That's right. It's like a beefer. Um, so it's Madeline, <laughs> Madeline Weinstein, Joanna Adler, William Ragsdale, and Daniel Zelgadari. So that's I don't I'm know this. I don't know this at all. No? Oh, good. Good, good, good. Yeah, I'm, okay. I'm pretty sure it's positive. I've heard posit- I've heard about this one. I've heard people say they like it. So Problem is, now my hopes are up. <laughs> yeah. But we're coming Sorry. off a one. I'm coming off a one out of five. So it's the only way is up, right? Correct. Correct. So yeah, 1.8 collectively. <laughs> <laughs> Simo, thank you very much for uh, coming along. And it's been a pleasure. It's always good to have you along. So thank you for joining us today. No, thank you, mate. It's always fun. And um, hopefully I get to see your faces rather than just hear you at some point. But um, thank you very much. That's good. And MJ, as usual, um, thank you for joining in on the smacking of this one. Yeah, I'm, I'm stoked that Simo was here. You know what? I actually thought that you wouldn't have minded it, Jesse, as well. And I was like, okay, I need... And when you didn't like it, I was like, oh, no. I know we're in trouble here. We're just going to spend an hour slamming this movie. But um, Simo was an absolute saving grace on this one. What made you think I was going to like it? <laughs> That's a good point. I just didn't think anyone would. I didn't think anyone would dislike it as much as I did. So okay. Um, So yeah, Yeah. but it was lucky. Thanks both to you, and um, yeah, we'll see you again next week. See you then, mate. See you, mate.